Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages, it is us, the Blunt Force Gamers. I am, of course, your host, Game Goblin. Sitting alongside our intrepid, in-stereo, returning, insepid, insufferable... Infected. Infected. The moniker. Hi. And on the other side of me is the... That one dude. Doth blasphemous hail to the dark side. <laughs> we are short one person this week because summertime hijinks have absconded with the Kazarkan. I think he just forgot what day it was. He probably did. Well, when you're going through that much lore. Stuff. It's bound to happen. Maybe. Yeah, he's probably at home playing Stellaris or something. Or when camping. Or when camping. But either way, we are going to continue on because, you know what, sometimes you need to take some time and I'm all for it if you want to... <sighs> do that every now and again, because I've had to do it. I have not yet missed an episode. I don't get to take time. No. I know. We just stop doing it if you're not there. I know. Anyway, speaking about doing stuff, we are going to talk about equipment. Yay! Not the equipment in your pants, or my pants, or the moniker's pants, or anybody's pants, or even the equipment in Taylor Swift's pants. Important question. Yes, she was a dude. Do you think she refers to it, though, as her batete? I don't know. I've right. never met the woman. i just wondering. It's, it's one guy I've I'm never just wondering. Just never met. No. I'm just wondering. Okay. Okay. Anyway, equipment. And this episode is actually inspired by... Taylor Swift. <laughs> no. I, I think someone's <laughs> had a girlfriend ignoring him for too long. Exactly. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, damn. No, no, we're going over equipment. This uh, episode's been inspired by bushcrafting, of all things, because, of bush. course, bush. That is a horrible beer. Yeah. Well, uh, one is. thing we can all agree And a on. horrible band. Uh, I am so glad that band died in a plane crash. Anyways, one can so hope. this, we've been, me and Game Goblin have been watching bushcrafting videos for the better part of, what, two, three years? Pretty much, yeah. And we've all been to those panels, or heard of these panels at cons, Can You Really Carry That? Where they go over shit in an adventurer's pack. All the items, all the crap, all the magic, fucking doohickeys. Can you really carry all this? Well, we thought we'd take it back to basics. You're starting out, you're going adventuring, what stuff do you actually need? And this is on, of course, our opinions, between someone having a lifetime of gaming experience to me, someone who has... Oh, God, was it seven years experience gaming now? About six. Six? Yeah. I want to say six. And then, of course, FN Jesus over there. Oh. Well, oh. I, got my ha- I got a haircut, so I'm not FN Jesus anymore. Now I'm just the moniker. <laughs> you got a fucking bowl cut. I didn't get a bowl cut. My hair is just not combed. No, okay. no, no, no. It, we all know it's a reverse mullet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, at least it's not a skullet. Oh, Scarlet. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I it's like, like a mullet, but you're bald on top. You know, I, I like Peter Townsend, and I like Pickles from uh, Metalocalypse, but I don't think I could rock the Scarlet. No, yeah. what, what's even worse than a Scarlet is a Frolet. A Fro. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so wait, that's what Brock Samson rocks. No, 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 no. His is just a curly mullet. Oh, it's not a Frolet because he's not making the front end the poof. Okay. He hit me All right, with so. A truck. Your characters go out into adventuring land. You've decided you're going to take on the quest for the wizard, the archmage, the intelligence operative, the the head vampire in the community, whatever. But your character is going to be heading out into the wilderness, which is where most camping and gaming sessions and ruins and encounters encounters happen, is somewhere out in the wilds. So we're going to talk about that equipment, and I think the first thing every adventurer needs, other than clothing, obviously, well, depending on region, I mean, if it's tropical, you can get away with a banana leaf, but... Or if you're a barbarian, just has the stats for it. Or just the, the barbarian just wears the stats as clothing. 
I think the first time... Three nipple ring of distraction. Uh, we're not talking about Book of Vile Darkness. Uh, no, the uh, first thing I think any adventurer needs is a knife. A yeah. good, trustworthy knife. Now, in that, we usually refer to the weapon category and look at basic deck. Most of the time, you'd think basic deck. But we do have the advanced... What is it? The Ultimate Equipment Guide and Pathfinder. In other systems, you have more advanced lists of knives and weapons. Well, here's what you can do with a knife. Okay? For starters, stab people. Well, other than stabbing things, like if you need to tie the knife to the front end of a uh, stick and stab something from afar, you have a spear. Or you can just sharpen the end of a stick and you have a makeshift spear. And you can, you can use a knife if it's a trustworthy enough knife and... Well, heaven forbid you're willing to do this to it, you can actually start trenching with that knife oh. and cut around the roots of uh, nearby trees, especially small saplings, gather the roots, boil the roots, and make cordage to lash other sticks together to build your shelter. So your knife is now a cutting tool helping you get cordage. Man, not fighting... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, which is why I've instituted a house rule... Um, which is things can give you benefits when you try to do them. It's not just, oh, I have a plus 15 survival skill. I can survive anything. Well, if you go out there and all you have is a plus 15 survival skill, you are working without a knife. Mm-hmm. Even a basic rock knife if you're doing like a prehistoric kind of game. Or a prison break game where you've got nothing. Or yeah, you're doing a prison game where, you know, you've got basically a shiv. You know, shank a motherfucker. Sir Shanks a lot. Yeah. Still, a knife is like the basic utility tool that you can use as a weapon, obviously, but as a build, uh, a building tool, you can use it to basically notch sticks so you can tie them together more effectively to build a more permanent shelter. You can use this as a scraping tool for uh, leather working. You can use it as a scraping tool with some birch bark for fire starting. If the back of your knife has a uh, hard ridge to it that's uh, like a 90 degree angle or really close to it, you can use that with your flint to strike with. It's not going to be very effective, but you can work your way to starting a fire. Plus fishing, cutting cordage, like I mentioned. A knife is the all-purpose tool that will help you survive. So I think the first tool any character needs, whether they're in deep space and are about to wind up crash landing on a planet, or if they are a first level fighter, Everybody should have a cutting tool, regardless. If not multiple. If not multiple, yes. I, th- I think multiple, of course, you know, just helps out. But if you only have one item, I think the first adventuring item anybody should buy is a knife. Yeah. Can we call this the Rambo episode? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, look what he did with that fucker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not, what, ten minutes in here and already I want to go watch First Blood again? <laughs> well, he, he actually had the survival knife with the ridge back on it, so that came with a saw. Mm-hmm. And a saw only elevates the amount of things you can do with that knife. So, are we just going to say, the more you Rambo? The, the more, more you Rambo. Rambo. <laughs> uh. um, but that is a very important item to have, and it's your number one on the list. But even if you're going into, say, you're going out on your big adventure, you have to traverse the highways and byways and back roads of whatever world you're in. From there, you also need to think about shelter and if you have the capacity to, to carry your own shelter, is always good in my opinion. There, there are tents in most coral books. Absolutely, I think a uh, a form of portable shelter, if nothing or else, a, spell. a poncho, oh, yeah. uh, can double as that. I mean, a, a poncho is basically portable shelter you're wearing during the day and sleeping under during the night. Mm-hmm. You know, if nothing else, it doubles as a blanket if you're wearing a poncho. Yeah, definitely that would be one of the first ones to put on the uh, list of things that are needful. Yeah. Portable shelter. And even if you have a spell, a piece of technology, something. It, it's one of the more important things. If you have the ability to carry it with you, do so. Yep. Um, I mean, and there's many types. You can have just... Even if you're like, alright, I just buy simple fabric and use that for a shelter. Well, depending on the game, I mean, if it's a high-tech one, you could probably get some special solar fabric that creates energy so you can recharge your spacesuit as you lie there and try and rest. What about like a uh, water bag, water pouch or something? Water uh, containers are good? Yeah, I mean, do we... Are, are we just going under the assumption here that those are going to be a given? 
in your kit? No. No. Okay. We, we're stepping... So I know 5e has pre-built kits in your pre-made character sheet that you get no matter what you do in the book. Hell, there's a lot of times a game comes with a kit, like in 5e, and you look at some of the stuff and you're like, why do I have this? Why do I have a water clock? Well, a sorcerer would have a water clock. Someone just had to justify their time in writing and transposing in the new system. It's like, okay, we're going to play an overland campaign, so I'm going to buy the standard adventure kit that comes with four torches. I'm in a city adventure. Yeah, you know, there might be a riot. Yeah. You might need a, you know, torch someone. So. And even then, if you're walking down in the sewers, it's a bad idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're doing a sewer camp, uh, like a, an adventure in the sewers, you know, clearing out uh, troglodytes or whatever. And it's like, I have 50 feet of rope. Uh, last I checked, I'm playing on a vertical plane. Not, I mean, a horizontal plane, not a vertical plane. I'm not going to need to climb. And there's nothing really to tie the rope to, except other people. Yay. Well, it's for all the bondage players. Yeah, for all the bondage... Ah, bondage trogs. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that does not give No, no, hold on. Bondage trogs. You, you just mean furries. <laughs> yeah. I believe Kaz at this moment would interrupt and say no scalies, because troglodytes are cold-blooded. No. Mm. Oh. Moving on, but there's stuff like that that is unnecessary. But another thing is the ability to make fire. Knife, shelter, water bag. And it's really basic for the water containers, but an ability to make fire. Fire itself, again, is like knife. It's a multi-purpose tool. You can use it to signal. You can use the smoke to signal. You can use the fire to purify your food and drink. Of course, fire to stay warm. Duh. And you can look... Like, I've got the Pathfinder core rulebook in my hand, opened up to the equipment page, has a list of all the extra shit you can just carry. You can get the pre-assembled kits, but a flint still has negligible weight and it costs one gold. So if we're looking at it from a system standpoint, you, you basically can carry this in a little pouch around your neck and still be I am Tarzan, wearer of loincloth. And for all those who are not familiar with what a flint and steel is, a flint and steel is essentially a ferro rod. Yep. It's just... Uh, metal and then a stone that sparks when they're struck together to help you create a fire easy. Yep. But it does take skill to use in real life. True. Yeah. That is true, but a flint and steel is definitely, when you're doing a fantasy game, nine times out of ten, unless the campaign calls for it, like we're doing a uh, pirate adventure. Uh-huh. Uh, no. I'm not going to need a flint and steel on a fucking boat, but... <laughs> That'd be funny, though. I don't know. How else are you planning to light your wicks and go fire the cannons? Cannons? On a boat. Pirate adventure. Well, yeah, okay. If we're doing that kind of pirate since, adventure... Since when do pirates use cannons? Come on, Blasphemous. No, 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 no. It's, it's, remember, the <laughs> what kind meme of says a good pirate doesn't <laughs> steal. <laughs> what a no, stupid man. meme. Hey, it was for I swear I saw that in the back of a scholastic book in school. Yeah. No, that was for like some Disney Channel show or something like that. Regardless, uh, a fire uh, making device like a flint and steel doesn't matter what kind of campaign you're in, whether it's modern, fantasy, deep space, Call of Cthulhu, having some sort of portable fire on your person is awesome sauce to have at all times. You never know when you're going to need to, say, burn your way through a string. Or light up a smoke. Or cause a distraction. Or cook. And even then, when you get into, like, D&D Modern, a lighter. Think about it, most people carry them around. You can just get a big equivalent lighter. If you're magic, uh, you have, you know, the create fire spell. And that's pretty basic across a whole lot of them, but most people don't fucking take it. For some reason. uh, What we're here with so far is we got portable shelter, knife... Fire and some way of containing water. Which is usually, you can do glass jars, you can do the water satchel, which is like two pieces of leather sewn together. Yes, the old wine skin, as there we used go. to call them back in the day, because yes, you would put wine in it, or a mixture of wine and water. Grog. You know, how far of a degenerate am I where when you're talking about water containers and you say jar? And the first thing my mind goes to is a jar with an anime figure inside it. It's better than where my mind goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one guy, one jar. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But anyways, but you can have all these different types of containers, and you can make them make wooden bowls if you have a craft woodwork. 
if you have that ability, you would know how to carve one out. And if you had a knife, which is the first thing we said to get, then you can create one out in the bush. Or even with fire, you can still, uh, using the embers of a fire, so you pull some of the embers out, you can still use another piece of wood to burn the wood, like a small wet log, so it's fresh cut wood. You can still burn that down, and boom, you have a cup. Now that would take a bit of survival knowledge. It would take a bit of survival but... knowledge and a lot of effort, but it still becomes a water container. Yep. And I mean, there's, there's plenty of other ways you can cup a leaf together that'll hold up for a little while. You know, there, there's all kinds of small things you can do for those. But and if you're in a place with bamboo, you are set. Oh yeah, easy street. <laughs> bamboo make makes survival easy. All you have to do is fight off a panda if you can find one. <laughs> <laughs> fight off a panda. That's easy. You just introduced a panda to the opposite sex panda. You're like, hey, dude, here's a chick panda. And he'll be like, uh? <laughs> and while they're confused, you harvest all the bamboo you want. But so you go beyond some of that stuff, and it, it's the basics you would need are mostly right there. Because you can make your own rope and cordage. You can stay warm, cold and... Uh, warm and dry at night, or stay cool in the heat if you have shelter. You want to maintain hydration, but food is another important one. A lot of games have a survival type skill. Yes, or they do. a special trait for you to be able to go hunting. And that could actually be necessary if you're in a game and you have no abilities. I mean, yes, there's stuff like Goodberry. You still have to go foraging. Yeah. Yeah, and it, one of the things that gets me, especially in far future games, is they kind of gloss over this. Like, if you're on a spaceship, say Star Trek style, and the replicators blow out, you are screwed. At least Voyager covered this by making, you know, random stops by in-class planets and letting that little weirdo Neelix get supplies. Or when they had to go down, uh, go and find a nebula to get a bunch of uh, specific elements so they could start making coffee. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things of at least they took the techno babble to say, all right. This is how the system works. It takes in matter, rearranges it to make matter, but it needs certain types of matter. So it's it's like a 3D printer without enough of, you know, this type of plastic, you ain't printing shit. Yeah. Without red dye, you're not getting tomato paste. Basically. You're getting guacamole instead. Oh, <laughs> oh guacamole pizza. <laughs> now, some millennials already done it. However, um, with foraging, though, again, this is one of those things that we fall back on my number one tool to have in the forest or in a survival setting is a knife. I mean, if you find an edible plant, you, you're like looking over there and you go, there's blackberry bushes over there. But I want to transplant those blackberry bushes. Into my stomach. Into my, well, not my stomach because you don't want to eat the vines of those. But if you want to take some back to like your base camp and grow those... You're going to need a way to dig those up without damaging the roots too much, because if you just grab and pull, yeah, it's going to be a bad time. Yeah, and even then, you have certain plants that uh, are thorny and spiky, but they have the best food on them. Or around them. Or, yeah, around them. So, a way to cut your way to those said plants. Or knowledge of plants that are good to eat or not. There's a lot of red berries, and not all of them are edible. Exactly. Actually, the, the whole thing of getting food brings me to the next item that I think every adventuring kit needs in it is at least a one foot square. Um, for those who speak metric, I'm not going to do the conversion because I speak American. I'm just horrible that way. I know. Uh, so we're going to say about 15 centimeters. I don't know. And I don't speak surrender. It, no, that's France. Same shit. And as they say in France these days, Allahu Akbar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, I, w I would say a fabric piece, any kind of fabric, cotton, if you're in the future, polyester blend, dino weave in far future, whatever, just a one foot square bandana type of cloth because, again, this is something you wear on your head during a really hot day to help keep sweat from falling in your eyes. You can use it as a mask or... If you're collecting berries, you can put the berries in the bag and transport your food to camp. I like or, that. Make a, make a little berry bindle. A berry bindle, yeah. Even at that, if you if you have, like I say, a two-foot strip of cloth, uh, you know, it's just slightly larger. The same functionality comes to it, but now you have a 
tourniquet or arm sling on demand if you need to use that for medical purposes. Yeah, like if you're, uh, you know, shot with rubber bullets and you're afraid of losing your leg. Exactly. If you're afraid of losing your leg because you got hit with a rubber bullet, you have other problems. But if you need that tourniquet that badly, let them weed themselves. <laughs> but I think for survival's uh, sake, uh, regardless of setting somebody's in, far future to fantasy, a piece of cloth is one of those things that should be stuffed in their travel kit. You never know when you're going to need a piece of cloth. If nothing else, if it's a, a thick piece of cloth like terry cloth, you can actually, like, leave welts on people's asses during shower time. <laughs> yep. There you go. Just get that bad boy wet with a good snap. Boom. You have one halfling who now knows their place. <laughs> so, yeah, and not only that, but knowing how to do other food gathering stuff. Say you're playing a bunch of meat eaters, as we all are. You need to be able to hunt... Well, going out in the woods with a knife is a romantic notion, but not realistic. So if you're playing one of those hardcore realism games where it's like, all right, survival, you need the skills, you need the things, you got to have some sort of knowledge of hunting. So having a ranger or a druid that's into the meat-eating stuff is always beneficial because they're more likely to be like, all right, I know exactly what to do in this situation. Again, this takes me back to the knife. If you have a knife and... Regardless of what setting you're in, your survival skill is high enough. You can make a bow. You can carve arrows. You can collect sap. You can melt that sap down. You can fletch your arrows. And boom! Now you're going out and hunting rabbits. Yeah, well, we gotta try and stay away from the idea of, like, most people are like, oh, well, you can flint map right there and make a tip. And it's like, no, you can't. You gotta prepare all this stuff ahead of time. So Making arrowheads is actually a lot more uh, intensive than people give it credit for. I yeah. It. Even if you're talking about doing steel ones or, or iron or any kind of metal, bronze even, that still takes a while to heat up and work and get to the right shape so it's not going to veer to the left. Yeah, and if you're doing that in a bushcraft or a survival situation, trying to melt down metals is hugely intensive uh, on resources and extremely and time. time and difficult as fuck. So at that point, you want to be going in prepared with, you know, bows and arrows ahead of time or other hunting implements. But if it's a survival game, you want to go and hit your weapons rack and think not just, oh, well, you know, I can do trick shots, so I'm going to take the bow and arrow or I'm going to take the crossbow. By the way, crossbows are strong. They have a good amount of range. They're a bitch to reload. Yep. Yeah. Um, so your character, if they have the ability to use a bow, take that. Yeah, if they have the ability, but, you know, this is a standard adventuring kit, and regardless of what race-class combination you're playing, say, in D&D, or race-class combination you're playing in Starfinder, a bow and arrow doesn't exactly fall into the category of it's a must-have item, because well, you can use other you're... items to craft said item. Yes, but going out in the woods with a gun is a much better situation. It is a much better situation, but not in a fantasy game. Yep. At which point, then, you're down to bows and arrows. At that point, you're down to bows and arrows. Or you learn how to make traps. The other item, I think, is a necessity, especially in the adventuring style of gaming. Not so uh, much as a necessity in modern-day gaming, but still worthy of having. Mm -hmm. Is some sort of carrying container, like a backpack or a tote bag. Bag of holding? Well, that's when we get the magical shit. Yeah. But starting out... Some sort of bag. A sack. A sack. Some, well, yeah, you can start out with a sack and still modify it later right. on. But any sort of container where you can try and keep all your crap. Yep. Some sort of crap container you can wear on your bag to keep yourself hands-free. Because actually that's one of the uh, more common things to have happen when you're out adventuring. I know it doesn't come up much in role-playing, but if you slip and fall and you can't catch yourself because you're carrying all your crap in your hands... You're more prone to break your shit or stab yourself. Especially if you're one of those that's like, oh, well, I have all these belt pouches. Well, I'm sorry, Batman, but, you know, <laughs> that's a big knife and that's a lot of fucking kindling you're trying to carry. Your little fanny pack ain't gonna do the job. <laughs> the bat fanny pack. I just yeah. imagine trying to, you know, uh, carve up like a, you know, deer or something. You just hunted and putting it into like a little leather pouches. Yeah, that's not gonna work. Exactly. Although... Again, you know, if we're going to go on the bare root essentials, a belt is definitely one of those items yep. that should be strongly considered by any adventurer. 
Yeah, that, that is an item on the list as well as belt pouches. You can also have a bandolier. You can make these out there, out of cordage and such. But, you know, these are the type of things that are a little more on the... They're moving up a level. Well, they are. But, yeah. you know, shelter, fire, water, knife. Those, those are the, the four main things I'd say you would need. Out of the four main things, if I was reduced to four items... Uh, in an adventuring game, the GM says, hey, you can only start with four things. Yes, knife, flint and steel. Satellite phone. A uh, water container that's preferably steel of some sort. And at least like a poncho or something that I can hide under. Rudimentary shelter. So. Yeah, a, a shelter slash poncho item that I can wear or carry in my bag. So I can set it up at night to keep myself protected from uh, wind and rain and predators. Yes, definitely. Yeah, like, that's the bare bones of what you want to Bare do. bones. But that's if you're doing one of these great hardcore games where it's a survival game. Well, you no, I'm not talking about, like, survival. Well, I'm, I'm talking about, about any saying, game. But a survival game is where you've only got the four items. A survival game, those would be the first four items I would yeah. take. And a non-survival game, those would be the first four items I would take. Yeah. They're indispensable. Yeah. It doesn't matter what level my character is. I'm level 15 paladin. I'm still going to need to cook that chicken. Mm -hmm. still going to need to make the fire to do it. Yeah. The wizard doesn't want to burn a spell. Fuck it. I've got flint and steel. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the cleric has ran out of spells after a big-ass battle. Well, you know what? I've got a fire. I can still go down to a stream, or if it's raining, collect a little bit of water and actually get something to drink. Or uh, treat wounds with clean water. Mm -hmm. These are still essential items. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe, you know, the group is out uh, traveling. We're level 16 or so. The wizard doesn't have Mordenkainen's uh, magnificent mansion. There's too many uh, weird things on the ground, and we're trying to avoid the mosquitoes. Well, fuck it. I'm going to take my portable shelter, climb up a tree, and sleep in a hammock above the mosquitoes. You're not going to put a hammock in a tent? I am not. No. <laughs> that's a Kazarkan maneuver. <laughs> True story. True story. You weren't there, Monica. No. <laughs> True story. Uh, we go to camp. Yeah. And me being the old bastard I am, and we're only doing like drive up camping. We're not actually doing easy any hiking. Mode. We're yeah. camping in easy mode. Like so at I, campsites and shit. Yeah, at a campsite. Okay. So I took my um, air mattress with me. Yeah. And that thing is huge. It takes up the entirety of my tent, but I want to be sleeping in the lap of luxury. Exactly. Right? Kazarkan, of all people, who claims to have been a Boy Scout. But has for done some years. for years, but it's not a special group and everything. A very special short bus uh, boy scout. <laughs> He's a rubber ducky. He goes in with a little two man tent and decides that he's going to hang up a hammock inside of his tent. Huh. With okay, anybody who's ever been camping knows those poles cannot support more weight than what's already put on them by the tent. Yeah. But he wants to put his 200-pound ass on a fucking hammock <laughs> that's only held into place by his tent, which is only the poles are held into place wait, 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 by so two little fucking tent stakes. Wait, wait, wait. So the hammock was held in place not by its own poles, by, but by the tent stakes. But by the tent stakes, basically, we're going to be supporting his entire weight. And we can find a way to get the hammock to string up from the inside of his tent. Did it break? He didn't get that far because he had a realization when we started making fun of him. Ah. Uh, okay. Fortunately for him, I had also brought my backup sleeping apparatus because we're camping in easy mode. So he got to borrow my fucking air mattress while I slept on my cot because apparently he couldn't string up a hammock inside of his tent. But wait, there was a sequel to this when we went camping the yes. very next year. Oh, yes, no. there was a so, sequel. So same little two-man tent. But this time it was a cot. The cot you slept on at, um, what was that? Radcon? At Radcon, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that wasn't Radcon. That was the other one. Yeah, he tried to set up a, a cot no inside cot. of his tent okay. that was too big. The cot stood almost as high as the tent. Because he had one of those oh. low to the ground. Yeah, he had one of those little low, It was basically like a bivy tent. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he tried to hang up a... Uh, not only did he try to hang up a hammock in basically what is it mounting to a bivy-sized tent, but... Also tried to put a fucking sleeping cot inside of it that's just as big as the tent. Like, 
Boy Scout. Oh. Meanwhile, he makes me doubt Boy Scoutness. <laughs> Meanwhile, I show up with this fucking twelve-man three-compartment tent. Very nice. And it's me and a person at that point. I ended up renting out one one side of the tent to him at one point, I believe. Yeah. How much was it per night? What what was the uh, vacancy cost? Free. Okay. Yeah, well, they were only using stash gear, but still. <clears throat> um, yeah, true story. Uh, and I think this actually should be, you know, as far as gaming is concerned. Lessons? <clears throat> lessons are what your character is carrying on you think ahead. If your character is going to be traveling with a one-person bivy tent, you might want to opt out on, you know, the fucking carpeting for a tin man. <laughs> or, you know, stuff like that. You don't need the water clock. Uh, as far as betting goes, in almost any game that you do adventuring in, of course, when we do space games, again, it's one of those things that's glossed over because we don't do planet-side stuff very often. A bedroll is optional. A bedroll is a comfort item that is great to have, but it's still a comfort item. But a blanket is a damn near necessity. Yeah. Even in space, because you can set that up to try and keep your any radiation off of you or keep your radiation you want on you. Space blanket. Well, of course, it's for thermal radiation, but if you do get a tent, I mean, the uh, blanket, sorry. If you get a blanket, of course, anybody who watches survival channels knows to go for a wool blanket or one with a high wool count in it. Or don't be a dumbass and take your purposely scratchy military-grade blanket and run it through the washer 18 times until it falls apart because it was still too scratchy. I feel like there's no, a story no, behind you, this no, one, uh, too. Uh, what? No! I will show you the Amazon post. Military gear, you take it out back, and you hit it with a hose, and you let it dry, and it's clean. That's the way it works. But no, they ran it through their washing machine and kept overloading their dryer catch yeah. because the blanket was coming apart, and they didn't understand this. And then the blanket, finally, after pulling it out for the 15th time, was in shambles because those compressed fibers uncompress and it fell apart. Yeah. Because they're an idiot. And, yeah. oh, you can't respond to comments, but I can only imagine how it must have got would have gotten ratioed otherwise. Oh, yeah. No, a blanket is one of those items that when we go into the standard adventuring gear kit, though, I think a blanket is number one priority to have after the first four survival items. Mm -hmm. A blanket is, of course, multifunctional. Uh, if you cut a hole in it, boom, you got an instant poncho again, but not exactly a tent. But a blanket is but going to help. You can at least help. wrap it around you to some degree to walk around. So you, you can at least wrap it around you. Around. If you get into a situation where, say, the cleric is out of spells, you can still use a blanket, have somebody bushcraft together, some sticks together to haul your wounded party member back to town, you throw the blanket on top of the back of it, and you still have more support. Bam, you have an instant stretcher. You know, uh, here's the Urban Knight in the moniker asking questions. All right, go Urban Knight. Shit. Um, would you want to take two blankets? Because, I mean, speaking from personal experience, you got your tent, you got all that. Lying on the cold, hard ground, even with a tent, that's going to... You're not going to feel very great in the morning. Um, no, you're not. The blanket is usually big, and you don't just lay on it, lay under it like a noob. Again, you um, yourself. if we're okay, going to get into... Again, urbanite. I don't yeah, know urbanite. the shit. If we're going to get into bushcrafty stuff, if you actually have to make the survival skill check... Yeah. Uh, and regardless of what setting you're in, whether it's modern day or fantasy or anything like that, anybody who slept on the cold, hard ground knows that for some strange reason, dirt is a magnet for heat. And, of course, the ground is it's uncomfortable. It's a siphon for heat. It's a siphon. And I know from my young experience of, you know, roughing it and stuff, when I go camping, go hike out, you know, four or five miles out in the forest, until there's nothing around that resembles camping or civilization, you go, okay, this looks good. There will always be, for some reason, no matter how good of a spot you pick, a knot in the ground. Like, or a, a root. Like a root or, or, a, or rock. a rock or something that will just... Uh, Oh, or worse yet, when you have that, and then there's a dip right next to it. Oh, or a dip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you're butch, when you're doing bushcrafty stuff, the best thing to do after that point is to cut a bunch of branches off of nearby trees, look for dead uh, falls, stuff like that, and build basically a platform for you to sleep on top of out of this material. Oh, okay. This this creates a layer of insulation between the ground 
your blanket, and then you. So just like dead twigs and shit like that? Uh, it... Simply, in the most simple form, saying yes. Okay. Yeah, in the most simple I'm form. I'm guessing there, there is definitely some something to, to separate it. you from the ground is always preferred. And they, it, the more you want to do, the more it is. I mean, our ancestors slept on piles of fucking straw when yeah. it came down to it. If you were traveling and you stayed in someone's barn, you just flopped out on the straw and that was your day. Yeah, it's like the, in medieval times, there well, was it was known that some places... Or, you know, you can go out in the barn and sleep. Yeah. You'd sleep on the straw because the straw would retain your own heat from your body, but it would not allow what the heat from your sleeping area to get sucked out of you into the ground or the surrounding strata. But you know what's funny? I was watching uh, a movie with uh, the moniker's girlfriend, and the moniker and his girlfriend noticed it, w- it was a Clark Gable film. Uh, is this when he started speaking in third person? Yes, this is when the moniker starts speaking in third person. Yes. Welcome to season five. Yes. Yeah, welcome to season five. Um, but it, there's a scene where they're hitched. I forget the name of the movie, and it's killing me. But it, pretty much exactly what you guys were just saying. Uh, him and this Clark Gable and his uh, love interest, you know, they just grab some hay from the bar and put it against a tree, and they, that's how they sleep. Yep. So, yeah. Totally. You know, that's still the 20th century, right? It's here, softer so. than sleeping on the floor. I'm going to speak from personal experience. It's confession time. Me and my girlfriend, we went camping one time, and I was a dumbass because I, I forgot to bring. Dude, hell. I, I forgot to bring the air mattress, and so we just slept. Well, yeah, so we just slept on the cold, hard ground, and well, by the last night, we were just like, fuck it, and we slept in my car. <laughs> See, yep. And I mean, again, it was the knots, there was the dips, there was everything. The wet. Because when you're wet. inside that tent, and it just starts. Con- the condensation inside it will build up and come down to the lowest point. That's where you're sleeping. Yeah. Yep. But we can get into more nitty-gritty about different biomes and different ways to do that, but we're getting to the point where we need to start talking about the advanced forms. Ooh, advanced Magic stuff. fucking items. Fucking, uh, <laughs> Miniman's magic hut or whatever it Magic is. stuff, and of course, super high-tech things. You know, must-have items for your travel kit. Now, if we're getting into the advanced stuff, the first thing I would have to say... Wabajack. Heward's Handy Haversack. Yeah, classic. That is my, like, first go-to item uh, for items. Like, there's there's three items I always go for, like, in a D&D or Pathfinder game, and Heward's Handy Haversack is number one because it is affordable as fuck once you can get to that point. At 2,000 gold pieces to just buy off the market or 1,000 to craft yourself... That is a steal once you hit around that level 6 now, category. Now, for those who are unaware, do you want to do the breakdown for it? Alright, I'll do the breakdown. Yeah, uh, like the, me. Alright, I'll do the breakdown <laughs> for you, Moniker, and our listeners. Here's Handy Haversack is better than a bag of holding, because a bag of holding mm. weighs more. So, And as we know, when traveling, ounces turn into pounds, and pounds turn into pain. Alright? And here's Handy Haversack... Every ounce counts. Every ounce counts, exactly. Real life or fantasy. And There's a reason you have encumbrance. Mm-hmm. I've got a little extra encumbrance. I've been making yeah, you do. Here. I'll make your ass walk up Turtle Mountain. My neck turtle. Near turtle, turtle, turtle. Anyway, um, the Handy Haversack is lighter and, and weighs a fraction of what any uh, bag of holding of the same category can hold. So it's lighter. You wear it on your back. And, of course, it has uh, the strap design to mitigate weight. So you have the shoulder straps with the chest harness and waist belt. So it's a ye old and modern day backpack. It is, but it helps redistribute the weight, so it's easier to carry that way. So it negates some of its own weight just by that factor. But the best part is, not only is it lighter, and it is a bag of holding with two extra bag of holdings on the side because you got the water bottle uh, pouches on the back, basically. So you have two pouches. So you got three bags of holding on your back, two small ones and one large one. And the best part is, whatever you want is always at the top. So a bag of holding, you reach in, and you're just swishing your hand around going, God, where did I leave the halfling? Or, (laughs) God, where are the torches? Or, I need my money pouch. You're you're just swishing your hand around inside the bag of holding trying to find it. Whereas a hero's handy haversack, you're like, I need my dagger. You reach into your pack, boom, it's in your hand. It's there now. Hopefully handle up. Handle up, hopefully, yes. But if you're like, I need my quiver, yeah. bam, it's on the top. You're like, I need my bedroll, bam, it's on the top. You, you know, this is an important question that I have. So you say it has a chest strap, right? It does. I'm giving that to the 
most stacked uh, female in my group. So that way, that'll motivate me to walk the extra ten miles to get to the dungeon that day. Okay. Well, then she has to walk backwards so you can see. And, well, if you were the haversack with uh, the, 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 the functionality okay, of those things, that makes it great for when you're at, uh, adventuring and you're like, I need my rope. Bam, there's my rope now. I need my... Uh, my kit for going to bed. Boom, it's done I need the Diamond Eye of Juldahar. You need the Diamond Eye of Juldahar. And if you're playing like a rogue or an infiltrator, and you're like, I need my... Um, toolkit. My toolkit for breaking through the storm. Bam, it's on the top. You're like, oh, I need powder to silence my steps. Bam, it's on the top. Whatever you need, it's not in your pockets, it's your rifling port. It's right at the top of your pack. So Boom. you literally go, whoop, and grab it. Instead of fiddle, fiddle, fiddle. I okay. am surprised that nobody's made like a miniaturized version of a Hewer Tendi Haversack for a spell pouch component, uh, Dilly Bob for a wizard, because they always have their spell component pouch. Yeah. But they're like, oh, I need my brass ring. Boom, it's at the top of my spell components. They can have whatever they need for their spell right then. Yeah. You know, I need my dried bat wings. It's always sad to see the, you know, the uh, wizard or the spellcaster of the group shuffling through his books and his, you know, paper like a really nervous oh, lawyer. Oh, yeah. No one ever plays it that way. They're always like, I just do it. I just do it. I just do it. No, I know, but still. No, you know somebody who's playing a wizard at your role-playing game when they have like six books in front of you and the GM looks at them and says, okay, it's your turn. And you're like, wait. I got the perfect spell for this. They've had and every time to prepare, and they've been paying attention, and they still need extra time. And they still need extra time. Meanwhile, like, we've got Galthor the Destroyer over there. Uh, what's going on? I hit the guy. I do extra damage? Yeah, my, my first item, though, definitely on my draft pick of needful things is Hewer Tandy Haversack. Mm -hmm. Just because it is so goddamn handy. Try it in the name. My number two item, and it, it's the ever ever burning torch. That too, or an ion stone, or a, yeah, or you had or a stone that glows. Well, the ion stone specifically floats around your head. Yeah, and you can pick up dead ones at most magical markets for dirt cheap, and then you just illuminate it with a spell. Yeah. I'm sorry, but as somebody who does ranged combat more often than close ranged, I don't like having a beacon over my head that says, aim here. <laughs> well, that's why you go and pluck it and go, in my pocket you go. And now I'm blind. Well, if you're having that much of a problem, you should have played a different race. Or had the magic goggles of I can see in anything, fuck you. That's racist. <laughs> Whatever, human. Oh... Yeah, let's go camping. We were talking about that earlier. Let's go camping. So, wait. I just want to inform you as to why I have a 308. <laughs> we're modified for short-range combat. To keep away Bigfoot. Well, yeah, Bigfoot is fucking scary. Uh, yes, he is. I don't know. I, I know something else he got it to defend from. Don't bring it up. I know. I think I My know. My ex. <laughs> Smilex. Anyway, no, I'm not, no, I'm not defending, no, if he comes to my camp, no, I am letting the Wendy go in. He can fuck with all y'all, and when he decides it's time to leave, if I'm not dead, I'm walking away with him. <laughs> That's my way out of the rat race. Learning to eat people in the Alaskan wilderness. Yum, 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 yum. Yum, 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 yum. No, I, I think, though, an ever-burning torch, though, as a light source... Uh, is one of my go-to items. It's definitely one of my must-haves in my kit. And again, if I'm playing a, a uh, like Vampire the Masquerade and there's changelings, I'll try to get some sort of uh, like a flashlight that never uses batteries. Because mm -hmm. it's fucking useful to have one of those. Or if you're playing a, something with relative decent understanding of tech, rechargeable. <laughs> or rechargeable, yes. Some sort of portable light source. Um... <laughs> Except in space, because everything apparently in space is always well lit on the soundstage. But I, in, in fantasy or modern settings, having a portable light source... Dude, there are so many times I, I had a one character, I had to rely on having a Zippo in my pocket so many times. I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm buying a Maglite. I, I just think I had this idea... Oh, I don't have Disney's. Can Oh. Imagine trying to sell a uh, solar-charged uh, flashlight to a vampire. Vampire the masquerade. It can be done. No, I know. They just put it out before they go to sleep. But just think about it. Yeah, you can only charge this one, you know. Well, they ended off with a ghoul. The ghoul's doing daylight business. But number three on my top three list of items that are magical. I don't know about you guys. Mm -hmm. 
And I know you're going to think that I'm thinking weapons here, but no, I'm actually thinking of like, hey, we're adventuring. Is a decanter of endless water. Oh yeah, endless source of fresh water is good. Endless source of fresh water. You can use it for everything. Cooking, see, bathing, point, wound would, treatment. At that point, if it should have the spell create water, which most of the time is a cantrip or free spell for certain classes. And there are times where this party has to split and the cleric goes away with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Or even at that, you're just like, you know what? The cleric is too busy doing other shit. I want to take a bath. I'm going to open up my decanter of endless water and fill up a tub and let the cleric go do whatever the cleric wants. Yeah. The cleric should not be my on-demand water source. This <laughs> character name is not Mr. Fawcett. I, I, to be honest, I would just have him craft me something at that point so I could do it. But it's the same thing having a decanter of endless water at that point. And, and again, and one of the weird things is, of course, as, given how creative you are... And the size of your character, a decanter of endless water can also be used as a decanter of escape. Mm -hmm. I had a halfling one time, and this can actually work with a human because I've cr I've crunched the mathematical numbers, and they say at the highest uh, rating that a decanter of endless water is eschewing water from the nozzle. It's firing water out at fire hose velocity and pressure. <laughs> On average, and it just took some looking up because there are different um, ratings and shit like this, but on an average, a fire hose is 300 PSI. This is why you have like six guys holding the hose when they're shooting at a building. But for an average normal human adventurer, even fully geared, you see an enemy running at you, and you're like, I don't have to spell hydraulic push, but I've got, get me out of here. You just open the decanter of this water and blast yourself away from the battlefield. You just basically, you're an unguided water rocket. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. And so, you know, given the situation, you know, like, if you fall into a pit, point your decanter down and fire it. And, and you'll laugh shoot. as it hits an orb of annihilation. Laugh as it hits an orb of annihilation, but either way, you'll flood the pit you're in and be able to swim out, hopefully, if you're not armored, or just blast yourself out of it. So, of the three items when we get into the magical stuff that I would pick first... Your Tendi Haversack, some sort of torch, and of course the decanter of endless water because all three of them are multi-purpose. See, I'm going another route. For okay. me, number one is some sort of magic item with healing. Because healing potions are big, heavy, and can break. And you know, if I've got a ring of restoration, a, a staff of resurrection, a wand of fucking greater healing or whatever, I'll take that because just like you said before, you get hurt, that shit really helps. Having instant healing. That's my number one. We're going magic items. Or, you know, of course, if you're in space, you know, it's the med kit where you just pick it up and go, and gain four hit points back. Well, no, it's more of I, at that point in high tech, would have some sort of tiny medical droid that can stitch me up. Yeah, me looking at like the, medical nanites. Yeah. yeah. Medical nanites would be great, but even if it's, you know, a palm-sized little robotic spider that can stitch me together or reseal my suit for me. Boingo. Yeah, it's like having like, a medical poppet. Yeah, actually, yeah, because we've been doing the uh, Rifts game, and that's actually one of the go-to items in the Rifts group is the IRMSS uh, medical kit, mm -hmm. which comes with basically it's a little uh, medical robot. Yep. Uh, you know, and it only has to charge on the battery to last X amount of time, but it gets to work done as fast as possible. And you can recharge it. And, like, one of the guys starts out with one of those automatically as part of their uh, tactical loadout. And then he bought two more. Mm -hmm. Like, medical kit, because he's like, this is really fucking handy. And, yeah, like, we had one person in the group get, like, super wounded. He's like, God, I'm glad I bought three of these. Because mm -hmm. they got wounded and he expended one of his uh, robot kits, his little medical uh, robots, on taking care of the problem. Yeah. There you go. Uh, for me, the number two, having... Um Tinnaman's uh, tiny hut or whatever the fuck it is. Magical, protected, enemies cannot enter, I cannot be seen. Place that I can hang out in for eight to ten hours at a time is great. It's a tiny ritual to do. Sorry, I just heard Tinnaman's square hut. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're thinking of Leoman's tiny Leoman's hut. Leoman's tiny hut, that's yes. what it is. Well, we're not being uh, played in China now. <laughs> we never were. We never were. Can you imagine if we do have like Chinese fans, like that would just be 
funny to me. No, they would. No. Damn it! I was wanted to sing the theme song to Winnie the Pooh. That would definitely get us off air. Oh boy! <laughs> no, I, I, no I, if we were like on Weibo right now, I'm sure we would be like one of the most trashed American uh, formats. Yeah, but but even then, you know, having some sort of safe resting point, and I'm not sure in like futuristic stuff because you always just have your ship or you you fucking some other bullshit shenanigans for having a place to rest but again having a portable resting place the higher the tech or higher the magic the better yeah like this is like you know in space or with vampire the masquerade or d20 modern like have, again this goes back to having the portable shelter mm-hmm. uh, as one of the necessities for when you're out traveling but you do need a safe haven and uh, having a magical one or a high-tech one that can defend or exit yeah a place to actually like settle down and just rest without having to worry about getting jumped by random monsters or in-game things or have to deal with the weather Mm -hmm. this is one of the reasons why I had a character and this goes along with the tiny hut but I had a Dayern's Instant Fortress that had a built-in unfortress feature to it because typically the Dayern's Instant Fortress for the fantasy setting is a one-way item Yeah, you throw it and it creates a door I want a turret there and it creates a instant tower. So you get Stairs Instant Wizard's Tower, basically. And the thing is nigh impregnable. And it's like two stories tall and has all the amenities you need inside of it, basically. But it's a one-way trip. It's basically, I want a castle here. You build your castle and you're done. Castle in a can. It was castle in a can, <laughs> yes. Uh, however, I had mine custom built so that I could turn it off. Shrink it. Shrink it back to its normal size and continue on. So, yes, instead of the uh, tiny hut, you know, I was a dick, and I'm like, I want to build a wizard's tower in that barn. <laughs> Explosion happens, and then, you know, there's, there's me sitting there going, I'm camping here for the night. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of fun stuff like that that would make having high-level stuff amazing. Uh, beyond that, I'd say that covers my two most basics for high-end stuff. After that, usually my stuff goes offensive. But uh, being able to stay safe and heal, because if I've got all the other basic, you know, gather water, food, food carrying, all that jazz, I'm great. Because as far as I know, there isn't a fucking cornucopia of endless food. I mean, someone can make it. The but. closest that I know of in uh, fantasy terms, especially from D&D, is Merlin Spoon. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's a really weird spelling. But the spoon is usable once per day. You put it in the bowl, and it creates enough food to feed four people. Yep. It basically just makes gruel. But it'll sustain you. And yep. you know what? If I've got a bowl of gruel and a handful of berries I just found that I know are good to eat... Ooh. Actually, that'd be another one, um, because me and some friends were throwing these ideas around about how to make, you know, books more viable in-game than just for wizards, having, like, survival guides and stuff where the players can use it using a knowledge skill, and they gain a plus two to whatever they're trying to do. They actually have those. Yeah. Well, Uh, they they got books like, like, there's one that's like, um, uh, I can't remember the exact name of the book, but, or where I found it, but I know it's there because, goddammit, I've got a weird memory for this shit. But there's one that's like a guidebook for survival skill of identifying edible plants and poisonous plants. Mm. And when you make a survival check based on just trying to identify edible versus non-edible plants or poisonous plants, you get like a plus two circumstance bonus. See, we were trying to expand something like that out to all the different subjects. So it was like, oh, I want to uh, improve my, um, my fighting ability. So say, say you're trying to retrain. It's an item to help you with that. And it was just an idea we were kicking around. Well, they got those as far as magical books are concerned. Yeah, but we didn't see them uh, written out in any of the current systems. I haven't found it in Pathfinder. I'm sure it's in Rifts and other shit or old school D&D, but we hadn't seen that in 5e or Pathfinder version 1 from last I saw. So I know that they're probably out there, but we were trying to make it so we could port it to either system and make it reasonable. We also had this really fun library that we were going to make the epic dungeon that you would have to return to. But anyways, we were trying to do so something like that where it's a survival book that gives you circumstance bonuses. So use that in conjunction with trying to do a thing. I, I can just see like 
a dungeon like that, like mm. that, like a, a counter that's behind the GM screen, and the GM counts like from one to ten. How many times somebody makes noise in the library mm. before a curse of mute is placed on them? Well, that's a thing. Oh, the, like uh, that. Yeah, that's good. So, like the characters get into a fight, and one of them screams, you know, his battle cry. There's a check mark. After ten check marks, a librarian just shows up, and goes shh, and the character is muted. Well, see, that's the thing. The librarian, which it's a rotating title, uh, is held by a lich who is cursed to maintain the library. And then all the ones who are putting books back and doing the actual running around because the librarian is stuck behind the desk are a bunch of wraiths. And you can become a wraith if you check out a book, which is like a blood pact, and you don't return it, then they will hunt you down and you be- end up becoming a wraith. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, something like that's giving my character do. better survival. Because I'm sure there's a amulet of plus five survival skill out there. Well, there's an amulet for everything. But, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. Something like that, that would give my character better chances. Yeah, that's, like, that's a, if you wanted to uh, beef up uh, your skill... Yeah. For survival, just basically a skill bonus. You would need a level three caster in your party, mm-hmm. and boom, you got that right there because the party member goes, "Okay, craft wondrous item is their feat." They use craft wondrous item, and they go, "Here's a survival skill boost." Whenever you wear the item and you make a survival check, you get a plus X Whatever. circumstance bonus. Yeah, but basically yeah, that's something easy. like that because for anything, even if it's like the headband of acrobatics, something like that. Something to help me get by. The headband of bedroom gymnastics. <laughs> no, I have a different item for that, but yes. Ah, yes. The ball gag of bedroom gymnastics. <laughs> a little lower. Uh, the chastity belts. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, this podcast is not about your personal life. You sick degenerate. It's a belt. Yeah, it's a belt. You were on the receiving end of that belt, you sick nope. fuck. Strap Anywho, back to the essentials of what people should be thinking about when they go adventuring as far as their equipment loadout. I think as far as magical items go, we are still in the same grounds as we were before. Strangely enough, that the magical items are the upgraded versions of what they would need at Root Basic. Basically. I mean, other than a magic returning knife or an... Ever sharpening knife. It's basically a, a knife with a sheath of keening. Well, shit. It's like one of the whenever we do rifts or a far future game. One of the items that always winds up on my personal list of must-haves and gets used quite often is, of course, the uh, fucking far future version where they just add the word vibro before knife. Because then again, you know, the knife has like a subsonic pulse to it that makes the blade wiggle around and. A super high velocity that you can't feel through your flesh, but cuts everything like butter. Again, if you got a knife that can cut through just practically anything, again, if you wind up in a survival situation, you wind up in a fight, you need to do something as far as bushcrafting goes, or just to mark where you're headed from point A to point B, a knife, again, even a far future one, is still a more useful weapon because it has no clip. It has no magazine, it has no recharge, and even if the vibration feature of it wor- uh, stops working, you still have a knife. As long have... as you don't throw it. As long as you don't throw so it. then you want it to have returning. Yeah, if you get a knife with returning, yeah, you always get your knife back. Unfortunately, the problem is it always lands right next to your heart. <laughs> Just stab! Oh! Well, it's better than that than it ending up in your back. Actually, that's a really good idea to see, like, a cursed item is a knife that returns to the person who throws it. But the knife is, of course, the the backstabber. (laughs) So it always returns and lands in their back doing 1d4 damage to them. (laughs) You get your knife back, but God! Uh, So, yeah. um, You have a rogue wearing a wooden plate on his back. (laughs) So we're getting close to time. So, uh, Moniker, do you have any suburbanite ideas of what you would want? Uh, Alright, so you're a suburbanite, you're going on an adventure. What item do you think you should have, or what two items? Magic or high tech? Um, let's see, I want a... I want a magic... RV camper of comfort. Uh, the glamper. Yes. <laughs> yes. I didn't know you were a retirement age yet. <laughs> I'm not. I'll never be able to have one of those things. Not like I would. 
you say that, all you need to do is have a good job and a place to park it, and you can get a sign. You can sign for the loan for it. Yeah, that's true. That's or you true. can start your own YouTube channel and go stalk Steve up in the uh, Canadian wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. Uh... And by that I mean, uh, of course, for our listeners, Steve's a stealth camper. Uh, for those who look him up on YouTube, great channel and really good content, and I'm surprised he hasn't been busted yet. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I mean, I haven't done enough. Uh, Camping or survivaling? At least in-game, you know? Like, uh, yeah, I know you guys have been spoiled in my game because you guys got a fucking cart right away. Yeah, I mean, exactly. We got, like, a cart right away, so I'm not really sure if there's anything I could, you know, add that would actually be interesting or useful to any of our listeners, so I might... I might say pass, even though that's kind of uh, BS. But, that is BS. You know. Your homework. You need to watch a whole bunch of the YouTube channels we subscribe you to. Okay. And I'll link one of them to Discord tonight, and you will have to watch it. Okay. All right. Sounds good to me. All right, so this is Dolph Blasphemous signing off. This is Game Goblin going back to my crypt. This is Moniker. Bye. He drew first blood, not me.